previously on Leave the Bottle. She hitched up her skirt and then pulled down her panties. And she sat down on my lap. Damn it, I gotta remember to change the light bulb in this bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We're on, baby. Is a metaphor for being pissed on? She was sitting on my lap in the toilet. All right, that's a joke I didn't even get at first. This is number 35 of Leave the Bottle Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. And our special guest, we're going to call this Chemical Brother, because our special guest is a chemist. It's Secret Stew. Which makes me special. Absolutely. You're always special. You were special last time, like 20 seconds ago. That's what the teachers kept telling me all through school. And of course, our <laughs> our regular anchorman, Mr. James Jim. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Good morning to you. And it's 12 noon here, so. Oh, my well, gosh. My morning's gone. I've already done my 10,000 steps. Stuart, you're an athletic fellow. I know you have great you have great calves, according to your wife, or at least you did when you guys were dating. Yeah, well, that was several cities, now. and yeah, but my calves are still in pretty good shape. I can still go out and do you know ten miles or so without any issue. Are you uh, you doing any walking driving or? or running? Yeah, really driving. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> doing any walking? No, about? I wish I. Yeah, still walking. Unfortunately, once we left California, uh, we've um, moved from place to place, uh, all of which have the same topography of a pool table. Well, except that in California, nobody walks, period. Uh, Well, Southern California, that may be true. We we lived up north, and yes, it was very nice. But anyway, uh, I I would not describe myself as an athlete. Well, I really like to, uh, if I could, I can't really because, the you know, try to have breakfast with the wife and all that. We get up at different hours. She has to run to work. So, uh, but if that wasn't the case, when she's out of town, I like to get up like at 7 a.m. And sometimes I'm not even hungry. And I will go out because it's nice because it's hot here right now. So in the morning, it's beautiful. Walk on the river and do my 10,000 steps, which is about six or seven kilometers. Jim, you, I know you're in the car most of the time um, in travel, which is not yes. my case. But you, you get a chance to do any walking at all? Well, I do. I mean, my body would not show that that's the case, but uh, <laughs> uh, my body would show me to be the sedate uh, person. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, actually, because where I work, uh, Yale University is right uh, next door. Oh, cool. And and Yale has a beautiful campus, of course. You know, they're not going to, nobody's going to send little Johnny or Mary there for, you know, $60,000 a year to have it be, you know, a little A couple shanty. of dandelions and a, yeah, some exactly. dog piles. So, but it is, it's a beautiful campus and it literally is, the edge of it is about a block away. So there are times uh, at lunchtime when I will go out and go walking throughout the campus there and do the quads and the greens. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. Where, where I live, I have a, um, a state park literally and as it begins at my backyard. And there's hiking trails through there and so forth. Uh, I don't take advantage of it as much as I should, frankly, but uh, – but I still enjoy it. But I like more so. I like my uh, my lunchtime walks through uh, Yale's campus. It kind of clears my head for the rest of the day. That's cool. Yeah. Well, in Chicago, taking a walk can be quite an adventure. 
I'll bet. <laughs> Depending on the neighborhood, right? Uh, yeah. Well, maybe maybe not even so much that. <laughs> hey, I wanted to talk. As I said, uh, I wanted to talk about chemistry, and part of chemistry is um, is nutrition and metabolism. And I'm, I want to throw this around real quick to see if you guys agree with me. Uh, people throw these diets out. It doesn't even matter which one it is. It's just a diet or even a lifestyle. That's fine. And I know there are two, two and a half vegetarians on this call right now, actually. <laughs> wow. Um, but the, my question is this, vegetarian or not, uh, do you agree? My opinion is that everybody's metabolism is different. Stuart, you're a scientist, so I'm going to give the caveat or the del the delimiter, no, whatever uh, condition. D that disclaimer, I think is the word you were looking for. Thank you, for. thank you. Uh, I can See, count on you. You live in France for long enough and you lose your you English. You lose your English, I'm telling you. And I never got my French, so I don't talk to anybody. No, the disclaimer <laughs> being that, yes, I understand that scientifically there are probably some finite number of metab metabolic types in us. You know, it's probably not an infinite, like every person person has totally different but i mean i think that there are many types and i think that when i when i was uh, when we were young adults let's say 25 where your body's not going to change that radically i think metabolism wise used to uh, bass player uh used to eat he could eat like every 20 minutes he could eat anything and he would be hungry and he never got fat he was skinny as a rail uh whereas the rest of us you know had to pay attention even then so point is, do you, do you uh, I'll throw that to Jim first, do you agree that metabolisms are different and that there is no diet that's going to work for everybody, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. I mean, I have a couple of cousins who were like the person you were describing. Uh, they could eat and eat and eat and all day long. And one of them was very active. The other one was semi-active, less active than me, actually. Mm -hmm. And, and like it was, for a long time, we grew up together, so we ate the same foods. It wasn't like we had two different households always eating completely uh, different foods. What and, kind of, uh, Jim, what kind of food was that, just basically? Well, I mean, you're talking – this is in the 60s and right. the 70s. It was, all, it was all, you know, it was meat and potatoes, potatoes. You, know, yeah, at, and, you know, at nighttime and, you know, morning breakfast cereals, you know. Captain Crunch and crap like that, and you know, tuna fish sandwich for lunch. They packed you for school, and all that. Now so, with and added I, mercury. Yeah, well, and the thing is, funny thing is, I'll uh, completely sidetrack on this one, but it's funny that back then I could have a tuna fish sandwich packed for me with mayonnaise in my lunchbox, not refrigerated or anything like that. Eat it at lunchtime without worry that I was going to get tomaine or you know some some freaking foodborne illness. Now, if somebody brings an M M&M and peanut to school, they're a serial killer, uh, and and yeah, I, I don't get. I never knew. I this is totally sidetracking it, but I never knew anybody as a kid who had a peanut allergy. Now it seems like it's like everybody's got nut allergies and and all that. So I don't know if it's. Well, because what I'm, what I'm seeing on that, and Stuart can answer this maybe if, if he's seen this, is that people are saying now that because kids don't eat dirt and aren't uh, the hygienic thing these days compared to when we were kids is so much different that they don't develop. Be. So is that true, Stu? Um, possible. I mean, it's, okay, a, no, it's a theory. Understand, understand yes, I'm, I'm a chemist, not a, uh, not a physician, not a nutritionist. Yeah, I get it. But yeah. just but, I mean, you have as, a good as logic. Just sort of an, as just sort of an observer of the world, uh, it's, it's what I call the snowflake effect. Uh, 
um, we treat our kids much more now as uh, snowflakes, and I think this mm-hmm. is just part of the the parenting thing. Yes. Uh, there's there's a wonderful uh, comedian slash actor slash philosopher uh, named Larry Miller, um, who I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with him yeah, or not. He's yeah, got a podcast. And, okay. Yeah, and, okay. and and Larry Miller once had said that he was driving around the parking lot of Gelson's, which is a high end grocery store in uh, the L.A. suburbs. And he saw a uh, a minivan that a woman was driving, and she had kids in there. And the kids were all in the back, standing up with their faces pressed against the back window, rather than being strapped into their seats. And he thought, what kind of mother is she? And then it hit him, just like my mother, yeah. and the mother of every kid that I grew up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is my feeling, that it's less likely that the kids have changed, that the metabolisms have changed, that immunities have changed. It's much more likely that we watch too much TV, we read too many stupid things in the newspaper, and uh, we've decided that our kids are just these delicate little petunias. And I mean, look, look at autism statistics. Has autism really greatly increased or is it now that everybody is very concerned and will slap a label on a kid who's just not well behaved in school? Boy, well, is that you know, true? On, is that ever true? It's yeah. on the autism Absolutely. spectrum. Absolutely. <laughs> so. and, it, and the thing is, is the same thing with uh, my I wasn't meaning to completely uh, discount that there are people out there with food allergies. There sure. are. I mean. Uh, for me, it's lactose, but you know, whatever. But I'm not going to die from it. And I'm sure there. I know there are documented cases of of people in children in schools dying from peanuts. I I get that. That on the very rare time that it does happen, but uh, I, I think that it, the whole thing has been wildly overblown. Like uh, there's autism, absolutely. I mean, there's and there's you know there's quite a few uh, children out there who, who are suffer from profound different levels of autism. But then you get into the you know, whole Jenny McCarthy thing with her you know vaccine you know vaccines causing autism stuff that's never been proven by the way. Uh, and we 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 fall into this whole realm where we need, I don't know, is it the parents they need to be part of a club? And I know that sounds brutal. And I know that sounds terrible, but I'm going to be honest about it. There are times when I feel like almost like it's these parents have a longing to be a part of something. And so it's almost an essentially using your children sometimes to be a part of a greater club. Yeah, there, there's, there's a Munchausen aspect to that. Yes, that we yes. probably won't go there. Uh, now, I say this is uh, my, my nephew, uh, my sister's boy is in fact autistic i mean profoundly autistic so i i have some exposure to what this is and uh, yeah i think her attitude is not too far from mine which is um you know i i can i can grab this label i can grab this thing which makes my kids somehow special somehow needing of my protection somehow needing mm-hmm. of uh, of my attention in, in a way that distinguishes my child from all those other little children they're not snowflakes mine's a snowflake right right uh, it, it, i understand that this all came from uh a loving place, you know, and I'm not trying to blame the '60s now because I happen to love the '60s and I happen to love the music from it and and the, the changes that it resulted from it. But it just it, it feels like the byproduct of that has been this. It, it's a society now where you know 
it's one thing to be mindful about what you're eating, kind of getting back to what Randy was talking about at the beginning about diet. It's one thing about that, but it's another thing to be so consumed about everything that you eat to, to have that be, I don't recall society being about uh, a lifestyle of eating when I was a kid. It was like you ate and then you moved on and you did your real stuff in the world. Now everybody's so, it's, it's become you know, so ritualistic several times a day. Uh, Randy, I have a feeling that you may be more into that ritualistic aspect. Am I wrong? Which in what way would I be ritualistic? That, that, that it's an important component to your day. That it's not just something to fuel your body so that you can move on to do other things. That that there there are important aspects to sitting down and eating and it that should kind of be. ritualistic. It should be in this country, but the fact is, uh, it couldn't be less true in my case because, for one thing, in the morning, for example, we have uh, one of those. We just had a. Uh, last year had a bar type. They call them American kitchens in this country, by the way. That's kind of funny. But anyway, there's kind of a bar between the living room. It's all one room, so there's a bar separating, right? Typical uh, sitcom slash American movie, kids movie kitchen. So you can be in the kitchen cooking on the stove and turn around, and then there's a bar to serve the stuff. Now, I personally don't like eating at the bar at all. We have a table not too far away. But in the morning... Uh, every morning my wife says, wouldn't you feel better if you sat down? I go, no, and I've told you this for like 17 years at least. <laughs> and every morning the answer's the same. Speaking of, you know, doing the same, getting the same uh, results from doing the same thing, whatever that whole thing is. Uh, so, Randy, no. let, let, let me throw some chemistry in. If sure, I, please do. Well, we were getting into that anyway, but go ahead. And also tie it into the title, of course, of yeah. your podcast. Chemical and Brother. Yeah, and here's here's what I consider to be sort of like a a, a perfect exemplar of the attitude. And that's sulfites. Okay, uh-huh. uh, every wine bottle has to be labeled with contains sulfites. People are very concerned they have sulfite sensitivity. Now, indeed, one in every I think about a thousand people actually do have a a sulfite sensitivity, but. One in every three or four wine drinkers is worried that they've got a sulfite sensitivity. Um, And what one often sees is people say, well, you know, because of this, I can't drink red wine because it gives me a headache. So I can only drink white wine. Not realizing that white wine typically is sulfited considerably higher than than red wine is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, it's a sulfite sensitivity. We look for sulfite-free wines, which um, have a a nasty habit of uh, uh, re-fermenting and blowing their corks out. Right, and, uh, and turning into uh, very, very strange, uh, strange potions. And you've um, worked in that industry, so you're not just pulling that out of your ass about the. I'm corks. not pulling that out of my ass. Stuart was a, <laughs> Stuart was not a pulling the cork out of your ass. Jeez, that reminds me no, of that joke I sent you guys, which we won't read over the air because it's. Now I think it's important that we differentiate here between choice and, and buy and buying the hype. About say whether it's peanuts or you know other, you know now on the ingredients may contain milk, uh, nuts, uh, wheat, things like that that you see on the, all the labels now. That's a vastly different thing than making a choice. Like for myself, being a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart, are you a vegetarian? Yes, I am. 
Okay, oh. so, so we've made that choice. That's not the same thing as somebody saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, don't open that M&M peanuts within, you know, 100 feet. I have a protective order for my child from everybody else in the world to, you know, to open up a, a bag of peanuts, you know, within 100 feet of them or something. Uh, when you're making a choice, whether it's because of diet reasons, religious reasons, philosophical reasons, that that's a very different thing. And I think that that's more of an interesting aspect that we're seeing over the last 30 or 40 years. I mean, I'm not, there was always vegetarians or there was always people who, you know, because of religious reasons, didn't eat pork or things like that. But I think that the whole, uh, that the lifestyle change in that sense is, is more of an interest these days. I think there's a certain sense of, um, yeah, may I, may I say entitlement that uh, that people have that well I've made this choice so I have to make sure that everyone respects my choice yeah and you know that's okay if people don't respect the fact that I won't eat meat I, I don't give a shit right. <laughs> I really don't Actually, and that, why I should that's, I that's getting less of a don't you see that as being less of a problem now you don't get the looks no. that you would years ago did you no you still it, do you still yeah, do. You, you still do look, uh, read if you've read Anthony Bourdain's book. Uh, he has very um, pungent comments about vegetarians. I would never eat in one of his restaurants. Given, no, uh, I mean, that, he's, uh, he's, he's made it very clear he doesn't want me there. But he's like a politician, right. isn't he? I mean, in, in, in that he's Mr. Commercial Media, mediatized, whatever the word right. is in English. He's, yeah, he, but this was before he became as big as he had. This was in his first book. He oh, had okay. um, he wasn't quite a bit then? to say about that. No, well, he wasn't known before his first book came out. That was the thing that sort of uh, burst him onto the scene. That, People, oh my God, he talked about chefs doing drugs. Vegetarians have complained, <laughs> uh, and probably rightly so, that um, people will give them funny look. I mean, you see, you're sitting at a table with friends. And somebody will say, uh, you know, let's go to McDonald's or I don't know, some or you go to some restaurant where you know they're not going to get anything decent to eat. And then they'll look, uh, you know, and if they're really true friends, then they'll they'll they go, oh, yeah, uh, Stuart's not going to that's not going to be cool for him. I mean, in fact, we were in this situation when we you were in Bordeaux once for Vin Expo and we've. I think Alex was with us, people who know the restaurant scene. Yep. And we actually did choose a restaurant and it was fine with everybody that we thought. They would come up with something, or we begged them to. I can't remember the exact situation, but the point is nobody at that table was bothered by it. But if you were, saying co-workers and you don't know everybody really well, uh, to say suddenly out of nowhere to the server, what have you got that's vegetarian? Obviously, here in France, it's extremely difficult. And possibly, I don't know, in the States, if you go to, say, Chris's Steakhouse, they must have at least one thing on the menu. Oh, yeah. They they always have what I call the hairy carrot. And for our vegetarian friends, we have steamed broccoli. Yeah, it's or what you end up having to do is you like my wife and I will end up having to be creative by ordering the the side dishes like a a potato and whatever vegetables they have and 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 a salad and you know and so it's like going out for us a lot of times we don't even bother frankly very often anymore other than a couple of safe choices for us uh, usually like say a Mexican restaurant or burrito place or something like that because. It's like why? Why should I bother going sitting down to you know at a nice restaurant, and I'm offered virtually nothing? I mean, you know, I, I have to take the table scraps of on the a la carte menu for it, and and, and pay a high price for you know 
the shit that they really they're just they're throwing you shit because they, they can't their chefs are too lazy to come up with a couple of different items don't you think then, then me, they'll have like pasta with sauce and there's meat in the sauce it's like, yeah come on. or or worse Kidding me? or as bad uh don't you guys think that someday someone will be clever enough i mean i have eaten in a couple of vegan restaurants, and there's one in Santa Barbara. I mean, the food is just so delicious. I don't even care what's in it. It could be a, whatever, meat, no meat, doesn't matter. It's delicious. It's really, really good. They are a little bit more expensive because I think they have to care more about suppliers and stuff. But the point is, isn't it time for somebody to actually come up with like a chain that does mostly that? But yeah, they'll, they've got burgers maybe, or they've got some... That words, might, inverse, that invert the situation, I, in other words. I, I believe there already are a couple that have uh, started uh, metastasizing in the U.S. Oh, really? It may take a while to hit France. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably yeah, never yeah, hit they, France because France is on the way down, as you've seen if you've been reading any news at all. Uh, nobody – France is completely dissed now all over as far as the food. They, Paris is still the number one tourist destination, but everybody's in McDonald's. Well, the yeah. problem is, Randy, is, is this, is um, – if you can go to Moe's, which my wife and I like going to because, number one, we like Southwest and Mexican and stuff like that. And it affords us the opportunity of having, uh, you know, non-meat, meat, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, soy that's, you know, built up to taste like meat kind of things. Um, you can go to any but, Thai restaurant, but, now that I think of it, and, but, get, and get Yeah, tofu. I know, but you have to like Thai food, and I don't like Thai. Um, so that's, 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 it's almost impossible know. to get something vegetarian at a Thai restaurant. Tofu it, curry. Uh, no, the tofu curry will be full of... Fish sauce. Yeah, it could be. Fish sauce is the number one condiment in Thai cooking. And a lot of if you go to a lot of places and say have the refried beans and all that stuff, a lot of times they cook it lard. Lard, you know that that lard. So what you were talking about a minute ago about you know somebody coming up with a big chain of say vegan or vegetarian, the only problem is is you're gonna that concept will sell in New York, L.A., San Francisco, places like that. But and I, and I think I speak from a lot of experience from it now. Uh, that's going to be a tougher sell in small town America. Sure. But small you don't make your market is. You you but, go where your market is. But you and if your market is New York, L.A., San Francisco. Well, gee, yes. I, I can only serve. You know, I've only got a, a market of seventy percent of the U.S. population. And once that takes off and people start eating in the in the cities, if they're traveling and stuff, that would be one thing. The other thing is, I would say, if you were smart, if you're going to do this, you don't make a big deal out of it. You make it known in the communities, maybe through social media, that hey, we have a seventy-five percent of our stuff. Let's say is guaranteed uh, vegan or vegetarian, whatever, whichever way you want to go on that. And at the same time, you've got steaks and stuff on the menu. It's just not hugely, uh, you know, variable. But you know what happens is, is inevitably, say if you're having a veggie burger, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've seen comments and had comments thrown my way also. Okay, if you're having a veggie burger that tastes like a hamburger or, if, or like the, this a great product out now called Beyond Meat, mm-hmm. and they started off with, with these chicken strips that, I mean, they, it's from peas and carrots, but holy shit. I mean, you think you're eating chicken. It's so close that there are some people who can't do it because the texture and the taste is so much like chicken. And, uh, they're they worried about the jackfruit plant that was killed to, to make this. Stuff. <laughs> no, no, because the, the, because they feel like they're they're almost uh, almost betraying themselves in one sense. So, That's so and now beyond beyond meat now has gone into uh, has expanded it into beef crumbles and things like that that are from peas and carrots. And I've had people say, "Well, then, what are you trying to accomplish then? If if what you, what you're really telling me is is that you miss meat." 
So just eat meat. And it's like, what kind of logic? What kind of fucking logic is that? You well, no, stupid fucking taste. logic. I haven't eaten meat in 50 years, so I wouldn't say that I miss it because I don't even <laughs> remember it. No, Stuart, you and I had yeah. a conversation years ago. In this, I remember this very clearly. We were, we were joking about it at one of our meals in California where, uh, you know, why do, why do they – and this, this speaks to what Jim just said. Why do they make – like vegetarian sausage, right? Where it's just this cylindrical thing. And, you know, the conclusion is that there is no good reason why they do that. I mean, if you're going to have a oh, hot Oh, I think there dog, actually there is a good reason. Yeah. I, I, I do. Uh, now, first off, let me preface it by saying I personally don't know if any of these things taste like meat or don't taste like meat because I don't even remember it. I rely on the <clears throat> who is an omnivore and uh, my closest friend who is also an omnivore and both of them say no these things don't particularly taste like meat they don't as far but, as i know uh, but they taste good uh, who cares they they right. taste fine i think the purpose of them is that if you want to make dishes that are let's say reminiscent of classic recipes mm-hmm. Shukut uh, garni, for example. Okay, well, I can get all different sorts of vegetarian sausages and make something that with sauerkraut that resembles a shukut garni. It may not be exactly the same, but the flavor balances and so forth would be similar. And at least you have sort of a feeling that ah, this is something I can have with an Alsace riesling. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's funny, Randy. That, it's true. funny that you mentioned uh, the sausage, Randy, because there is a, a brand out there that makes, and, and I get it at Whole Foods and a few other places. And it's, I always laugh and call it fake, but it's it's essentially fake sausage. Uh, yeah, they have several different kinds. Now, wait, wait, are you talking tubular or the? Yeah, gym? yeah, it looks just like it. Okay, it looks just like because it. there's and the other bad. sausage that looks like hamburger patties. That's pork. No, 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 no. This is uh, this is. Uh, they look like wieners. Tubular. Yeah, and uh, the one, in, the one in particular, every, every, uh, let's not get back to that. No, Anthony, yeah, yeah, you're making me uh, nervous. Anthony Wiener. Uh, they do, don't I, they? I, my, my wife and I, every Saturday night, we make pizza at home, and we use the Italian cut sausage one for it. And you cut it up, and you, and and I tell you what, it's been nine years since I've eaten meat, so I still remember what it tastes like. But I tell you, the smell, the taste, and the texture is just like the Italian sausage that I used to have in, like, subs, where I'd get subs in, in places. And we put it on the pizza. And it's funny. Monday, I brought leftover pizza with me to work, and I and I nuked it in a microwave. So it's like, wait, the smells are wafting all over the place. <laughs> it had fake. It had the fake Italian sausage. It had fake uh, meat, uh, fake Italian meatballs. That were cut up onto it too, and my coworkers were like, "Oh my god, that smells wonderful! That smells wonderful! Oh my god!" They were just like raving and drooling over it, which has happened every other time that I've brought in that pizza, and and, and it's like, "See, guys, if you had this, you wouldn't be uh, laughing anymore. Or anything you love the smells of it, you know? How about taking a taste of it?" And uh, and I don't feel like I'm cheating at all. It has nothing to do. With, I have no desire to eat meat whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. None, uh, and that's not cheating by eating that. No, I don't think what so. it is now is these is these companies have gotten smart and realized that there are people like Stuart and I out there who we still need to eat too, and we want to eat too, and we don't want to just eat salads all day long or pasta all day long. We want variety out there, and they're starting now. They're catering to us 
more and more. Trader Joe's. Be- Trader Joe's has a huge selection. They're, yes. I think they're only in the West, though, right? No, they're no, 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 they're, they're all over the place. Oh, okay, well then you guys the both know. So, I went uh, 15 miles from my house. So I, um, we ate when we were in California. We would eat a lot of there. They've got a lot of things like fake chicken cutlets and blah blah blah. And it's not yeah. that it looks like it. I don't care. Most of it's shredded kind of thing. You know, I mentioned jackfruit. Uh, Stuart, you must be pretty familiar with jackfruit, no? Yes, I am. But by the way, I should ma- I should mention yeah. that that stuff has has gone everywhere. I can go to any grocery store. I mean, I'm in a little town in Illinois. I can go to any major grocery store here, and it'll have, you know, Jack fifty fruit. different varieties of quote unquote fake meat. Oh, fake yep. meat, yeah, Definitely. yeah. So it isn't just a Trader Joe's phenomenon. You scared me. I thought I was. Ta- I thought you were talking about jackfruit, which I no, no. Jackfruit, I can actually get at. Uh, there's a grocery store about two miles from here, and again, I'm in rural Illinois. Uh, yeah. And I can, is it I can Asian? get jackfruit. I can, I can even worse get durian. Is it Asian or something like it that? Is, it is sort of this pan-global. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I saw once a, um, a, a, a an Indian, uh, at least ethnically Indian woman dressed right. in a sari, walk right past the Indian aisle and turn up the Polish aisle and right. grab herself a big, Bag of pierogies. Yeah, that's uh, what our, this is uh, wonderful. This is why I love the U.S. Yeah, that, well, we have a, we have a store. We have a store right here in Bordeaux that's it's very big and it's got all kinds of that stuff. So I discovered jackfruit in this famous uh, famous to me uh, vegan restaurant because they made these tacos, and they also make this pulled pork sandwich. And a jackfruit, if nothing, resembles uh, kind of a pulled chicken or pulled pork, depending on how you sauce it. And it's just, I love that stuff. I have, you know, I buy three cans of it at a time. And I'm talking in brine, not fresh, a canned one. Right. Well, the cool thing about jackfruit is when you get it fresh, um, you can actually hear it scream as you cut it open. <laughs> as a vegetarian, <laughs> you should be sensitive to that. I, it just, you know, it makes me feel good. I, see, I'm not a vegetarian because I love animals. I'm a vegetarian because I, thought, I hate vegetables. I thought you were a vegetarian because you... Because you hate vegetables. Wait a minute. Oh, I get it. Yes. You cut them up. Thank you. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I don't have that one under my fingers anymore. I have this, I guess. But that's not that's inappropriate. Actually, where I wanted to go with this, I wanted to talk a little bit more about diet, but we got into a really good thing, so it doesn't matter. But all I was going to say is that I stopped losing weight, and I, need, I still need to lose about five pounds. So uh, I decided I was going to radically change what I was eating. Uh, I used to eat, I've never eaten a classic American breakfast, which is, you know, 99% starch and the rest sugar. Uh, mm-hmm. so, As opposed to the French breakfast of uh, croissant and It's coffee. the same thing. No, it's the same thing. Uh, so, or bacon and eggs, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, bef- so my before breakfast was maybe one piece of bread. And, and bread here, you got to admit, this is real bread. This isn't Wonder Bread or any crap you buy in a store. These, when I go into a bakery, it is baking the bread right there in a 400-year-old oven. So, uh, you know, I don't know what they put in it, it might, but I think they do their own yeast and stuff. It's probably as good as bread will get. Uh, but anyway, so, you just have, you know, not too much bread, but I was having, like, salmon. I never thought, you know, like, 40 years ago, if you would have said, do you think you're going to be having breakfast in France every day, having smoked salmon and Philadelphia cream cheese on bread uh, with uh, some vegetables in the morning. What's French for bagel? Oh, those too fat. It's, I think it's no, that's Chinese. Too fat. Oh, actually, they have bagels here, and they're opening a place right nearby. Yeah, anyway, you're talking about lox and cream cheese. I know. And, yeah, uh, it's basically yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Well, that's that's why it was funny that I never uh, thought I would, and I never liked it. Anyway, I I've switched now. 
and I'm having a more fat-oriented breakfast just for the hell of it because people are, keep saying, ah, blah, 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 wheat belly. You know, my, and that's why I mentioned metabolisms because I decided I'm going to try this on my metabolism and see if this is bullshit or if there's anything to it at all. And if it doesn't work, then it's not good for my metabolism. As it happens, I have a physical coming, not a physical, but a, uh, an appointment to renew a prescription coming up. So I'll ask my doctor to uh, give me a full lab thing, which he'll do. And, of course, all paid for by our wonderful health care in this country. Will this involve somebody handling your junk? I'm afraid not. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Oh, you, that story, by the way, the detection of rectal cancer, you don't want to go there either. They yeah. give you a kit. You receive a kit in the mail, and it requires, we don't even want to, no, I better no. not tell you. Anyway, it's very labor-intensive. Even the doctor told me, you know, this is very involved. I go, what? He says, you'll see. Well, they give you these, <laughs> they give these sample bags and so on. You know where I'm going anyway, too much. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I have, we've got about 10 minutes left uh, to get into the famous chemical part of it, which was drugs. Is anybody yeah, we taking, never did talk about drugs. Anybody taking vitamins before we get to drugs? Uh, I used to. Uh, I haven't lately. And I know there's the whole multivitamins is a scam thing out there right now. I mean, I'm I'm no expert, so I can't speak to that. I take um, iron supplements, uh, and that's only because um, wow. because of some medications that I was given. Uh, I have an iron deficiency, so that's, I, I've actually got a medical excuse. Wait, we have to get together. You know, when I went into the hospital for a test years ago, and they had to bleed me because I have too much iron. Hmm. Bleed? Is that well, the right I did word? too, apparently, which is why they were giving me this oh, medication. Oh, and then there was a reaction to the thing. I don't know what mine is. It's innate. In fact, uh, I had I had my DNA tested. I bet. Have you had your DNA tested, anybody? Yeah, they found out that it uh, resembled a chimp. No, seriously, twenty three and Me. You know about that? Have you done it? Yeah, yeah. Are you interested? Yeah. The, no, um, I, haven't, I haven't done it yet. It's contested. Yeah, been... It's controversial now because they're talking about you know. Yeah, the FDA here is working very hard to ban that. But you know why, right? It's because they feel that it's it uh, gives people uh, mentally gives people the wrong idea about their health. In other words, it's and not the, it's not their lab techniques or anything that like that that's being attacked. It's that you get a false sense of uh, well, your family is not predisposed to cancer. You know, I don't know. It's, it's that's in a nutshell. Smoke them what, if you got them, then. Yeah. That, well, that's kind of yeah. I think that is it. But anyway, I did have that done, and it does mention – what's interesting to me is I'm not young, so I can look at this and go, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah. It's not like, an, not like astrology when I'm a cancer. You like to stay at home. Yeah, I like to stay at home. So do thousands of other people probably. Anyway, uh, nobody's taking vitamins. I'm not taking vitamins. I never have maybe, multi, maybe when I was a kid, kids' vitamins. But that's yeah, kind of – I, the, I, if I you, had go ahead. when I was a kid. The, what did you eat Flint, when you were a kid, Stu? Before before you made your own decisions, what were you fed on? Corned beef, brisket. Oh, are you are you asking me or yeah, asking Stu. Jim? Stu. Oh, um, again, I I sort of changed over my diet at around the age of eight or so. So wow. it, it's sort of dim, but yeah, probably the uh, traditional Jewish American Ashkenazi sort of foods, which uh-huh. was a little odd because my. Uh, uh, at least on my father's side, they were all Sephards, but they ate like they were Ashkenazi. I never could figure that one out. Um, so another so thing yeah, about probably 20, that sort of thing. 
that's another thing about 23andMe, by the way, is that they make a guess. They, they can tell where you originated from, apparently. If you can get enough sample, you need a couple of different samples from your family, maybe, maybe both sides or something like that. Or a brother. Yeah, my mother's side would be hard given that, you know, the Nazis took care of most I, of yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, I mean, it's not that they don't need your parents' samples. They just need more than one sample from the family, I think. Of course, that could be upselling, too, on their part. Anyway. Did, you, did, did either one of you read, we're on the DNA thing, uh-huh. uh, the fascinating story the other day, how they had finally identified Jack the Ripper using uh, the DNA from the shawl that was found on one of the prostitutes. Uh, yeah, I saw yes, that. I did. But I, I, again, I, given Skeptical. that it's, it's meant to, to hype a book, oh, I wonder how accurate the actual reporting is. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I suppose you could say that about anything then, but you can and do, it, it, but I, mean, I do, I, I'm very yeah. cynical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I am, I am as well. But the thing is, is this guy was always named as the number one suspect by the chief investigator at that time. Uh, so I mean, that kind of gives that kind of argues for the opposite, then, doesn't it? Well, no, <laughs> wrong I guy. Mean, yeah, I don't know. Was he, it, wait, was he black? No, I but he know. might as well have been because he was Polish. Right there, you go. <laughs> so that's why I don't know. Anyway, you never. We, we're not going to know. You know what I mean. Um, well, we, actually, we are. If well, they, we have tests, if there is, yes, we are actually going to know if there's genetic testing down both lines between that guy and the prostitute, which apparently, according to them, they do have uh, from their descendants. Then we are going to know, and supposedly mm, we do know. Well, well, maybe so, but you also have to know completely what the uh, chain of custody was and the evidence. Oh, and let, let's just say that it might have been ooh, slightly sloppy in yeah. 19th century Great Britain. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it doesn't get away from the fact, though, that if, I'm saying if, they did do a testing on it was like the three times removed great granddaughter of the prostitute, and they did uh, they found uh, a descendant through the sister of the guy, and that it's a perfect match both ways. Then I, I don't know how you get around that at that point. I just no, found it no, interesting. At that point, you say no, that is what's on there. But how did that get on there? Yep, and then you get okay. a good lawyer, and you get this guy off. And exactly. With, well, if, well, if, if, look, if the foreskin don't fit, you got to acquit. <laughs> Nice. Nicely done. That oh means Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, DNA testing, it. I mean, it's been it's been used it's a great tool as far as exonerating uh, convicted, you know, convicted uh, murderers and rapists and so forth. That turns out years later, uh, these poor bastards didn't have anything to do with it. They never did talk about drugs, did we? Well, yeah, well, we're getting there. We'll do it next time. <laughs> this is, yeah. we got to take it out now. Oh boy. Sudden shift goes out. fast, goes fast, doesn't yes. it? Uh, okay. Unfortunately, I have the time constraint, but uh, we're being nice uh, to people too. I know, and I had okay. my perfect line set up, uh, just like Walter White, except that I won't eat chicken. <laughs> maybe a hey, next, maybe next Monday. Okay. Hey, all right, whenever I'm around. Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <laughs>